It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to a very special edition of the Locked On Phillies podcast. I am your host, recent Temple University Media School graduate and lifelong Phillies fan, Dan Wilson. And joining me on today's two-part episode of the Locked On Phillies podcast, I have a number of esteemed guests. It is the first annual Locked On Phillies town hall event. And I'll get into everything we discussed and kind of how today's event will work. But first, I will introduce my podcast guest. First up, we have Ray Dunn from the Dunn Deal podcast. He's a longtime friend of mine. We went to camp together for years. He's in Temple University right now, going to do great things. You've already seen him on Temple TV, and he's the head of the WHIP Sports Department. Also had on John Zawizlak. Uh, he's been known uh, to be a lifelong sports fan as well, and it was great to have him on board along with his good pal, Intern. He's going to go by Intern for today's podcast. He's been known to make his rounds in the Philadelphia Twitter scene, another lifelong Philadelphia Phillies fan, and of course my good pal's former guest, Jason Cantor. He's back on the program, formerly of the AnyPod and of the Berg to Bell website, so he certainly very knowledgeable on the game of baseball, and another guy very similar to Cantor in his knowledge of the game of baseball, Aaron Strong, and a lifelong friend of mine. So the premise of today's event, it's a bunch of guys just, you know, sitting around at the bar talking some Phillies baseball, but it is a town hall. It is moderated by me, and it's questions about what you saw in 2020 and what needs to change in 2021 as we wrap up, as we wrap up rather, this year that was. Philadelphia Phillies, they expanded the playoff system. Major League Baseball did. In a 60-game shortened season, they expanded it to 16 teams, and the Phillies, all they needed to do was win two games in the final week of the season. They could not do it. A disappointing season, to say the least, in Joe Girardi's first year. So we discuss what we saw, what needs to happen as this team turns the page into 2021. They have a general manager and a president of baseball operations in place. Is it enough? Well, we discuss that and a whole lot more, again, in the first annual Locked on Phillies Town Hall event. Welcome to today's episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. This is the first annual Locked on Phillies town hall event, and I have five very esteemed guests with me today for the final Locked on Phillies episode of 2020. I have Ray Dunn, who is from Temple University. You may know his work as the uh, head of WHIP's sports department. Uh, you know, everyone knows him from that. Also from Inside the Nest and his work from Owl Sports Update and from the Done Deal podcast. So we'll get to him in just a little bit, we have Johnny Zawizlak. Uh, he hails also uh, from the pack uh, out there in uh, Springford High School. So we uh, welcome him. We have Intern, who was the host of the AnyPod that had a good run there in the mid to late 2010s. And of course, we have uh, the guy who he was for, an intern for, Jason Canner, who you all know, listeners of the show know. Uh, he Very previously- guest. 
recurring guest. He was on uh, the AnyPod as well. And uh, esteemed Twitter personality, Jason Canner, BTB. And lastly, we have Aaron Strongen, who you may know as an esteemed Twitter personality, just reoccurring as me, Chief Anchorman Buzz. So uh, I'm going to explain to all the listeners how today's event is going to work. First, I will introduce you all again. You will be allowed to make opening statements. This can be opening statements, just introducing yourself further, opening statements, what you hope to get out of today's event, whether it's talking about 2020 with the Philadelphia Phillies, 2021 long term. You feel free to, you know, make a political statement. I don't care. This two minutes is open to whatever. And I'm going to start the clock. Ray Dunn, you have the floor first here today. I should also say today's event will feature a series of questions asked by me. People will be allowed to respond similar to a presidential debate. It will be up to me to keep this thing moving. Uh, and I do ask that you do not talk while someone else is speaking. You will have some of your time doxed as I see fit or possibly muted should you break the rules. Does everyone agree to all that? Yes. Yeah. Me. So, Ray, I'm going to start with you. Uh, welcome to the program. Your first appearance on Locked on Phillies. Uh, you may now make an opening statement up to two minutes. I never thought this day would come. I want to thank my parents, um, my friends. And all those who supported me to get me on Locked On Phillies, it's a true honor to be here with you, Buzz. You went through my entire resume, which I think I should have you intro me into interviews for internships because, you know, uh, by the way, if you're listening to this and you got anything to offer, looking for work, says it on my LinkedIn. Uh, anyways, what we're going for today, uh, I'm hoping the other four can convince me the Phillies haven't put themselves between a rock and a hard place um, with recent events in terms of hires and um, who is who may be exiting the roster, but we'll get into all that right now. I am very pessimistic. I am just, you know, looking out for my home run challenge. That's really all I want. I want people who are going to hit dingers. I want myself to have content come the spring. And right now I'm concerned about that. How'd I do on time? You went exactly one minute and I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, the biggest thing I left off your resume is that you are the mastermind behind the ring it challenge who, uh, you know, all Phillies fans are quite familiar with. Right. I'd argue that was like the biggest thing on his resume for this podcast and you left it off and I left it off. So that, that's, that's why you get an opening statement. Uh, Johnny Zawizlak, uh, you are up. It's your turn to make an opening statement. You have two minutes. First off, I just want to really thank you, Dan, for letting me come on this podcast. I'm really excited to talk some Phillies with you guys, but, on the Phillies part of it, I do not know really what is going on. They're, like Ray said, rocking a hard place. To, I obviously want them to win. But on the other side of it, you, you hired a guy that wants to sell the prospects and sell the, the draft capital to win. But unfortunately, the Phillies don't have that. Really not excited to see how this season goes. But, I mean, I once again, want to thank you for having me on. And I'm really excited to debate Aaron about JT Romito. Thank you, Johnny. Uh, now we go to intern. Intern, you have two minutes. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for having me on. But uh, I would also say I find these opening statements to just be a formality, so I'm not going to use all two minutes. But mostly I just want to say that I just want the Phillies to do something. I, uh, I've mentioned it before to you, Daniel, but 
we seem to have nothing going on and I've never been less interested in what the Phillies are doing. I don't have any excitement. There's not really much going on. Every once in a while, I'll see like a funny tweet, but even that, even that doesn't even get me going. So my hope for the new year is just to get some news, but that's, that's all I want. Cause I want to get to the, the real stuff, not this opening statement garbage. With, with regards to uh, those funny tweets, have you ever seen a funny Phillies tweet, perhaps one of the family guy variety? <laughs> That's a self plug. In turn, you are allowed to respond to said question. I have not. Okay, that's that's fair. Uh, next, we're going to send to Jason's iPhone. Jason Canner, you have two minutes. Um, thank you, Dan. Um, obviously, only recurring guest here. I believe my I believe my viewpoints of the Phillies were relayed pretty well over in my last appearance. I don't think there's much to look forward to. And I think sort of just to piggyback what intern said and to use him for my opening statement. I think there's so there's so little excitement because we've all been told nothing's going to happen. And the only thing that's the, literally the best case scenario is the Phillies go into next season with the same team with JT Real Muto and Didi Gregorius. And it seems like the worst case is they have Scott Kingery as their opening day shortstop and Andrew Knapp as their opening day catcher. So I, there's nothing to be excited about. I might be a Mets fan by June and that I, that's all I have to offer. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Take Uh, a shot every time he says he's a recurring guest. I'm already sick of that. And the Mets thing. Can we, can we drop the act? All right. You're going to, you're going to bet on the Mets. I'm not going to. Do you have, just, you already have the, yes. uh, Jason, do you have any, in your opening statement here, do you have any other bets, major league baseball bets that have already been placed or will be placed shortly as we are not even into 2021 yet? Are there any that you would like to formally announce here today? I don't want to shift nothing. Else, nothing else has been placed yet. I don't want to shift any markets, but I know Aaron and I have looked heavily, have heavily considered a, uh, a Juan Soto MVP market when that becomes available because uh, he's the best player. He's the best hitter in baseball, I think. Thank you, Jason. Uh, Aaron Strongen, you have two minutes. First of all, thank you, Daniel, for allowing me on the show. Um, I've made a lot of efforts to get on the show, and I'm glad that I finally have the opportunity to express my opinions on the Phillies. And also, before I get started, I'd like to plug my own Twitter, at Chief Anchor Buzz. Um, you can get some content of today's host, Daniel Wilson, if you would like like some content about him. Not sure why you would, but if you do, you can follow. Thank you. Okay. First question for you all here today. As uh, opening statements have now been concluded, and we're going to go in the same order, at least for this first question that we went for the opening statements. So we'll start with Ray, then go to Johnny in turn. Jason Cantor and Aaron, what are realistic expectations? If you're a fan of the Phillies, what are some realistic expectations or reasons for optimism in the calendar year 2021 for the Philadelphia Phillies? Ray, you have two minutes. Okay, so you said expectations and optimism, which kind of counteract one another when you're talking about the Phillies. Are there any reasons for optimism and are there realistic expectations that you have? Realistic expectations is that they're going to continue to be cheap. Um, they they lost the entire net worth of the uh, organization somehow in one season. Don't know how that happened, but apparently did. 
Um, so they're going to continue to be cheap. They're going to go into the season with a roster that's not very much improved or significantly worse. And they're going to put together results that are worse. I mean, if, if they play an entire 162-game season and the Phillies go into this season without addressing the bullpen, with, you know, without JT, and I know we're going to get into the J, JT discussion, and the catcher position, which is a whole mess at this point without McCann still on the market. But Hashtag sign JT. Clearly. Um, but really, the expectation is – 75 to 80 wins if they don't do anything from this moment and that might be generous like this is this is a team that's not in a position to compete unless they make significant upgrades they've got a good core but good teams win championships not good cores thank you right johnny same question to you realistic expectations and are there any reasons for optimism you have two minutes as of right now, I do not see any reasons for optimism. The only thing that I look forward to on that team is watching Bryce Harper. But a realistic expectation, I think you can realistically see this team coming last in the NL East. I mean, Washington's got a good core. Miami showed some real optimism last year, playing out of their minds. You got Atlanta, obviously, and New York with James McCann and the money that they're spending, that rotation. It would not surprise me if we see this Phillies team coming last, especially if they don't make any additions or even retain JT or get some help in that bullpen because that bullpen was atrocious last year. Thank you, Johnny. Intern, same question goes to you. Expectations, any reasons for optimism in 2021? I mean, to go off, I think Ray said it, but 75, 80 wins. If they don't do anything, I think you're looking at even less wins than that. I mean, my, I don't want to be the doom and gloom guy. I think we've got that. I mean, I think there is things to watch that are exciting. I mean, Spencer Howard obviously wasn't what we thought he was going to be last year. That's something to watch. I mean, you almost had the NL Rookie of the Year on your team. You still have Bryce Harper. You have Aaron Nola. You have Zach Wheeler. Whether that changes, I know John Middleton said he wouldn't trade him for Babe Ruth, but I don't know how much how much we buy into that, but I think there is things to actually be optimistic about if Reese Hoskins continues to, I mean, if he can get back to what he was, there's things to watch. I just, I've, and I said at the beginning, I just don't know if I will be watching. I don't have an interest in doing the same thing year after year when literally the exact same thing happens every single season. Ray, I see your hand up. We will get to you in a minute. I do want to finish out uh, with Jason and Aaron here. Jason Canner, you have two minutes. Same question goes to you. I to repeat what Ray and to repeat for my Ray and Jay co-hosts. I think seventy-five to eighty is a great is a great prediction sort of um, expectation. I think the main issue is that you look at they have what like what Ray said they have a really talented core. You can't argue that Bryce Harper's Bryce Harper's amazing. Reese Hoskins we've seen flash flashes of both of both extreme ends from him. You have a really really solid top three and they fourth starter who is like six months removed from being a top 30 prospect. So you have all these potential pieces who can make up a really good court. The issue is there's no, the issue is baseball, as you love to say, baseball is a marathon, not a sprint. And these core pieces aren't going to be elite level producers for 162 games. And there's no one else, not even on the roster, but in the organization 
that can step in and just give slightly above replacement level production for when those guys aren't filling in. And that's what we saw when Reese Hoskins wasn't playing well. No one was picking up his slack. When Bryce Harper was something, no one was picking up his slack. And it, that's only going to get worse if you don't have JT Real Muto. So I don't, and the bullpen's just a whole separate issue. And the, it to me, it just seems like there's too many problems and there's too many good teams in the division. They're like Johnny said, I think they're objectively the fourth best team in the division, maybe the fifth. There's too many problems and there's too many other good teams in the division for them to be anything more than a 500 to slightly above under 500 team, slight, slightly under 500 team. Thank you, Cantor. Aaron, finally, you're up here. Uh, your answer to this question. Um, to be honest, I'm not sure what to expect. I'd honestly go about 75 wins. I'm not sure what can be done with a bullpen that is this bad unless there's significant additions to the bullpen. But as we've seen, there's, there's relievers going off the market, none of them going off the market to the Phillies. I thought there was like a good signing today. Tommy Canely, not sure about his health for this season, but would have been yeah, a Tommy good John in August. Oh, so not him then, but maybe some other guys like Trevor May, who the Mets got, who the Phillies probably could have had interest in, but didn't show any. Um, so I, I think the offense could be very good. It just, the pitching just has Nola and Wheeler. I'm not really confident in anyone else in the rotation. So I would say around 75 wins, probably max. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, Ray, you will be allowed to respond here. Uh, you put your hand up while intern was speaking. Uh, you have one minute to uh, make a rebuttal. And it's not so much the rebuttal. I think it's one hell of a marketing pitch that intern had there for the Phillies. There's actually things to be optimistic about. I think if we want to follow up with a exciting marketing approach, I think that's the one. There's actually things about this team to be exciting about, but the overall product has been so bad and so disappointing. And I think the key he hit on when he was talking was interns not interested in this team because of what he's seen. And it's because you promised the moon and you delivered next to nothing on that. It was like Harper and okay, now it's time. And nothing has been done since then that inspires any bit of confidence. And yeah, there's a new regime. There's, you know, there's been a new coach in the or manager in the time. 10 seconds but none of it has done enough to move the needle to have any sort of excitement on the direction of this team. Thank you, Ray. Uh, we have a, a hand up from Jason Canner. You have one minute. Uh, yeah, just Ray, Ray mentioning the idea of excitement, but like no optimism. It kind of, it kind of reminds me of like a worse version of the process Sixers where you have pieces, you have, you have multiple, you have multiple pieces, both young and in their primes or towards the end of their primes that you're generally genuinely excited about. But unlike a team like that, there's not enough, there's not enough young pieces. There's not enough faith in the organization where you can have any actual excitement about the future of the actual team. So it becomes just you, it becomes an idea of you're excited about these players but it's almost upsetting because you see all these players and you see how good so many players are. It becomes painful to watch that and know that they do not have a competent organization. And I don't think anyone has faith in Dave Dombrowski that they don't have a competent organization to build a winning team around those pieces. 
Thank you. And Jim. and we see that we saw those flashes with when they won 10, 11, 11 and 12, whatever that was. More of the first annual Locked On Phillies Town Hall meeting coming right up. But first, I want to tell you about my friends at Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? College football, we're already into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend and next week. The NFL regular season, it's finishing up. We got week 16 going on this weekend, and the playoff picture is becoming more clear. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we here at Locked On Trust. Bet Online. .ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. Again, got some NFL action this weekend. Eagles taking on the Cowboys. Washington taking on the Carolina Panthers. Eagles could really use a win from Carolina there. Also have the Giants taking on the Ravens. Eagles needing some help from Baltimore. College football going to have the college football playoff, playoff rather coming up on New Year's. And, of course, the NBA action is already in full swing. Sixers getting an opening night win over the Washington Wizards. Always fun to bet on them. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the co- promo code Locked On, and you'll get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, bet online. Your online sportsbook expert. What's up, everyone? Dan Wilson here, host of the Locked On Phillies podcast, telling you about my friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, if you haven't heard of it by now, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. I personally recommend that cookies and cream. I love it. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew, but that's not the best part. The best part is that Built Bars are healthy. They are great for the health conscious guy or girl, and they will help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and they're great for anyone trying to maintain that healthy diet. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Hey everyone, Dan Wilson here from the Locked On Phillies podcast, and look, the holidays, they're all about giving, so I'm going to give you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is on a red-hot start to start the season, and he shares his lock of the day in each episode. Subscribe today to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so the next question that we're going to move here today, and I am building up to uh, the question that's, of course, on everyone's mind here today that's probably going to stir the most debate, which, of course, is the catcher position. But before I get there, let's take what they've done up to this point this offseason. We're sitting here end of December. The winter meetings have happened on Zoom this season. We're a little bit more than two months or we're about two months removed from baseball season as a whole. Phillies haven't played a game in approximately three months. Given what's happened since that final day in Tampa until now, the Phillies have a new president, the Phillies have a new general manager, and they've also made some decisions or lack thereof this offseason. On a scale of 1 to 10, grade what this team has done thus far and why we're going to go in reverse order from what we just did. We'll start with Aaron. Um, to be honest, I might give them like, maybe a one, like maybe a two, to be honest. I hated the president 
decision. I thought that was a short-sighted move with the uh, the way the organization is structured, especially the current roster. And without any capital to go out and make any big trades, I just thought that was a wasted decision. With the um, uncertainty of have it not having or not having JT on the roster, um, I think that causes like a dark cloud over the organization. Plus with the amount of money that will not be spent during this off season, I just have no faith that any moves will be made that have any significance. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, Jason Canner, same question goes to you. Scale of one to 10, what's ha- taken place thus far and why? Uh, I'm going to say three because I feel like I can't be any more pessimistic than Aaron. But the I do not like the Dombrowski hire. I'm a little bit more intrigued with it than I think other people are. Just because, like Aaron said, his whole thing is kind of taking teams that are that have have some sort of a farm system and a nucleus, and using that farm system to get to get whatever team he's inheriting over the next level to win a World Series. He's done it multiple times, and this team is anything but that. So I am somewhat intrigued to see what kind of approach he uses because it's literally not possible for him to do what he's done in the past. Um, so I don't like it but i'm also intrigued by it and i love the sam fold hire he seems like a guy a lot of people throughout baseball are high on and it's nice to keep him in the organization and if dave dombrowski says screw it i don't want to be here in a couple of years you have someone in your organization that a lot of people are very high on so i'll, I'll go three but the obviously the player like the personnel decisions have been horrible or lack thereof in turn same question goes to you scale of one to ten and why you have two minutes um, I'll go with a four and a half. I don't know. I mean, I dare to be different, but I really like, I mean, if they didn't do what they did yesterday, I probably would have came in here with a one just cause I don't, I mean, Dombrowski, honestly, I don't think I would say that, I mean, no one wants to relocate during a pandemic. So, I mean, luckily they found someone or they would have been stuck with nobody, but you, you just stole Dan's chance to make that joke. I was going to make it. Um, Cutting into interns two minutes, intern, I still got you on the clock. Okay, thank you. I really like the fold hire because I think, like Cantor said, it just seems I'm not informed enough to tell anyone of someone who hasn't really had a resume of making decisions of whether it's a good or bad decision. But the fact that he was so wanted by other people makes me tend to believe that there at least is some promise to that hire. But besides that, I mean, I'm just so disappointed with, I mean, we're, I saw it on Twitter the other day, but I mean, we're, today's December 23rd and we have no traction. We have no moves. We don't really have rumors. We don't have like, we're talking to this guy. I think there's a Jackie Bradley Jr. rumbling. I mean, I guess I'll take that. But I mean, this off season, I just see it as, this is just all we're going to go on. We're going to go on. And then it's going to end with Cole Hamels getting a two year, $30 million contract with the Phillies. And that'll be the, we did it. We brought home a star pitcher from 10 years ago. Not that I'm against Cole Hamels. Don't get me wrong, but I think, I think it's something where the Phillies are kind of lost, but Dombrowski makes me think that at least there's a target to continue winning or continue to begin consistently winning rather than 
resetting this whole thing. Thank you, intern. Johnny, same question goes to you. What do you think about what's already been said and what are your own thoughts? You know, I'm I'm probably around a four. Uh, like, like was already mentioned, I was really a fan of the hire that they did yesterday. Uh, Dombrowski really w- was not in favor of that hiring at all. Just, I like Kaner said, I'm more like intrigued to see what he does because there's virtually nothing for him to do with this farm system and this draft capital. I mean, he, he can't do what he normally does. I mean, maybe obviously he has somewhat of a plan or else then they wouldn't have hired him. So I'm intrigued to see what his plan is. Um, as for the roster and the roster moves so far, there haven't been any. So it really, there's really nothing there. So I'll, I'll give it a four just for the hiring yesterday and more of my interest in what they do. Ray, I will send it to you. Uh, you're the last one to answer this question. Scale of one to 10, what's happened thus far? You have two minutes. I mean, I guess I'm around. I mean, we're all pretty much in that space of we don't love it. Aaron's ready to send the organization to AAA. Um, I think the rest of us here are kind of in the position where it's like, yeah, that's that's it's the reality. Um, obviously, them not moving quickly on uh, front office hires was painful. Dombrowski doesn't make a lot of sense, and I think everyone here has voiced that. It's everyone, everyone seems to like fold. I, sure. I'll buy into it. Give me something to believe in. But when it comes down to it, it really looks like this off season is just going to be a similar waiting game for the marquee free agent. And then you're going to see pieces start to fall. And with this entire team and the makeup of it right now, they can't afford to wait if they want to compete. And then there's the question whether or not this team wants to compete. So you have all these factors. You've got a president of baseball ops doesn't quite make sense with the philosophy an owner who seems to have no interest in spending or competing despite saying so a core that needs help to compete a manager that says they're trying to compete. And it's really, if they had one singular path, I'd be at like a six or a seven right now, but you're down at that three, four range because you have all these competing ideologies going up against one another. And we're just left to try and interpret the mess. And it is a mess. Until you get some sort of formulated future, it's a mess. Thank you, Ray. We are now going to get into the question that everyone's been waiting for and will therefore, you know, spiral into some side topics. And I'm going to change up the order for this one a little bit because there's kind of been an anticipated debate coming with this one. So I'm going to start with Jason Canner. Then I'm going to go to Ray, then Johnny, then intern than Aaron, and then I'm imagining there are going to be a number of rebuttals, so you'll each have one minute for that, and then I will try and keep this thing moving. The catcher position, JT Romuto. James McCann, already off the market, signed by the New York Mets. Many reported that that would have been the biggest suitor for JT Romuto. As we enter 2021, Dave Dombrowski, Sam Fold in place. They're going to have to make a big decision on him. We know Bryce Harper wants to bring him back. We know that there are a large sector of loud Phillies fans that very much want JT Realmuto on this roster on in 2021 and beyond. But we also know that there are a number of people, including some people on this call who do not want him. What is your official stance here on December 23rd on JT Realmuto? How, what's the maximum amount of years you're giving him? maximum amount of money. And if you're not giving him, if they, you think the Philly should be on him at all, and if you're not giving him said money, 
How would you prefer they use or allocate that money elsewhere? Jason Canner, I will start with you. Um, well, first of all, I think it's an absolute disgrace that we don't have any clarity about the status of the DHDNL because that is really, really important for any team that's making this decision. Um, and we ran it about this last time. But my official stance, and I'm probably, I know I'm going to fall in the middle of this debate, is I don't think you just blindly throw him whatever he wants because the fact of the matter is he is a, what, 20? When When's his 30th birthday? Pre, uh, prior to the season. It's okay, so February and March. So you're giving a 30-year-old, you're giving a 30-year-old catcher a probably a contract probably between four and six years. And the history of 30 plus year old catchers of elite catchers when they turn 30 isn't great. Jonathan Lucroy fell off, Buster Posey fell off, Joe Mauer really fell off, had to move off the position. Um so it's concerning. That said, he's at another level right now where it's him, Yasmani Grandal, and then it's every single other catcher. So if you can have a guy like that on your roster, you do it. I think the whole – there's been kind of a saying going around what I've heard recently is like teams don't win with great catchers. I think that's kind of BS. The Dodgers had Grandal for several years when they were getting the NLCS every year. And I think it's more um, – I think it's more of a matter of fact that there's just not that many great catchers. So my official stance would be you give him give him four or five years, but don't blow it out of the water annually. So I guess like nothing more than twenty million. I'm not positive what he's asking for, but thank you, Cantor. And just uh, for uh, facts' sake, uh, he turns thirty on March eighteenth, twenty twenty one. Yeah, uh, Ray, I will send it to you. My official stance on the entire thing is that they blew it already. Um, this is the situation's already blown because there is no marginal, successful, good deal left on the table for them to take outside of JT, um, and that that'll be disputed later, I'm sure. But in my eyes, they've already blown it. It's about right now seeing the market collapse around him and coming to something that's reasonable for the team. I'm going four years, 18 million AAV, and that's around where I'm comfortable at. It's going to be more than that. I know it is. His, I think the market value of spot tracks got mad is about 22 and a half. I doubt he signs for anything less than 20, like uh, Jason said. So four and 18, and I'm willing to bring him back because I don't think that you're getting any sort of marginal replacement. I mean, you look at the options out there, Molina, you want to talk about old and age on a catcher? I mean, he's on borrowed time right now. Wilson Ramos already rode that pony. No no need to try that one again. I'm, I'm cooling on that one. Kurt Suzuki is literally a replacement-level catcher. I, I mean, I, you look around at the options out there, and you're like, what, what can be brought here? And that's where I struggle with, because it's not so much that signing JT is the end-all, be-all. It's that if you lose JT – that production out of that spot in the order is gone. And where are you going to find that elsewhere? Maybe it's somewhere else in a different position, but you're really struggling at catcher if you don't bring back JT. Johnny, question goes to you. You have two minutes. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right along where Ray is. I'm more for definitely trying as hard as you can to bring him back just because I think there's a realistic chance that if you don't sign JT, they'll wait too long. 
and other catchers and other options will be off the board. And next thing you know, you'll be at opening day and Andrew Knapp will be your starting catcher. And I really do not want that, even though he had a successful season last year. Does the over the, the stats overall don't show that he, he is a starting catcher. I if I if I had to guess right now, I'm pretty comfortable with about four years, like around 20 million, a little bit more than I'd like, but I doubt he signs for anything less. Like Ray and Aaron already said, I really think you got to try as hard as you can to bring him back because that spot, you you don't see a hitter like that at that position very often. He's one of the top catchers in this, in this, in the season right now in the league. Sorry. And I just really think you got to bring a player like him of that caliber back to this team. Thank you, Johnny. Intern, you have two minutes. Well, I mean, to go off, I think Cantor is saying it, but the DH thing is something that really bothers me because I think I'd be a lot more comfortable latching an extra year on. But, I mean, I think I even base the assumption that it's going to come at some point. When it is, I don't know. But, I mean, still, even playing an 162-game season, I mean, he's still – it's a big thing to have, to have a guy be able to DH like that. But for me, I'm, I'm all aboard and that you need to do everything you can to re-sign him. I'd probably say I'd give him five years. I'd say I'd top out at 23, 24 a year. I mean, I don't – I mean, the thing is he's not going to find – he's not going to find it elsewhere. He's not going to – I don't think there is a team that's going to offer more than that. Then I just my, – my thought would be – it's not even if you lose him, it's what it means if you lose him, because I think you do seriously have an issue. If it's the Phillies wouldn't give enough money, Bryce Harper is going to be infuriated. And let's be honest, you have Bryce Harper for the long haul. I mean, keeping him happy is one of the large, I mean, and, and if you don't resign him, you also have an organizational mishap, which I know Clintac's gone, but I mean, Sixto Sanchez, you're going to be watching him a lot this year. You're going to be seeing a lot of him and you're going to say you did it just for this amount of time with JT. I can't, I can't get on board with the idea that you're going to let JT go with still the intention of competing by reallocating that money elsewhere. We have a rebuttal request from Ray. I'll get to him in a second. Aaron has not, not had an opportunity to speak on this topic. Aaron, you have two minutes. Um, The first thing I want to mention is when they made the trade, it definitely wasn't the right time to make that trade. I think that's the worst part of this entire situation. The team was bad. They just got Bryce Harper. Getting him wasn't going to change the needle, especially with the other roster in place. What I think, I think there's definitely a market in which you re-sign him, but the market that is developing, I would say I wouldn't would probably not even be in the conversation for him. I would probably look for someone who isn't going to replace him, but you can stick in there for like 60 games, maybe have Nap in there for a hundred games, reallocate the money toward the bullpen. Pretty much um, the catcher position. I just think it, He's the tallest midget out of the bunch, kind of, I would say. I'm not sure how – it's the worst position hitting-wise in baseball. And statistically, he's like a decent hitter, but he's an elite hitter for a catcher. I would rather just 
have a better hitter in another spot. So I would say maybe three years at max, maybe like 20 million, but that with the Phillies inability to spend any money, I probably would just save the money, not offer him and go after maybe Trevor Rosenthal, Brad hand and guys of that nature. Uh, Ray, well, first of all, we do uh, have a friend of the podcast, Nick Bugatis, on the line to complain about Aaron's uh, use of the word midget. Um, but moving <laughs> past that, we, we, uh, we, we'll try and uh, field his complaints and we'll get to that at the end of the show. But uh, Ray, you did have your hand up for a rebuttal first, so I'll go to you. So this is this is where I end up towing the back and forth of the line of this argument because I want to start with what intern said about the Sixto deal and having to watch Sixto for the next however many years. Um, two wrongs don't make a right in this scenario. You know, you were wrong to trade a potential perennial ace for a catcher, and that's just the truth of the, of the matter. I think we'll go back to 2018 creating an artificial window for this team to win because they overperformed that year and made the organization think that they were much closer to where they wanted to be than they actually were and who that may be um, attributed to. And the fact that Gabe Kapler might've made that team better than it actually was, we don't have to get into, but I did want to bring that up that you're never going to write this, write the wrong of getting rid of six no matter how much you give JT and getting to Aaron 10 seconds about where you're going to spend the money or where you're going to do it out without JT, how marginally better is this team going to be without him? Thank you, Ray. Uh, did I see a hand up from Jason Kanner before? Is that a no? Okay. Uh, That's a no, sorry. Uh, thank you, Jason. Uh, I believe I saw, did I see a hand up from intern? You were name checked there. You have the opportunity yeah, to respond if you'd like. Go ahead. You have one minute. One minute. Oh gosh. Um, I just can't, the way you tried to articulate it, right. I'm not saying that you're trying to right two wrongs. I mean, I don't think like, it's not like JT is the reason that they haven't made the playoffs or JT is the reason that they haven't done this or haven't done that. I just think your articulation, this is the problem. This is the problem. We got the zoom set up where he just keeps doing that look. But my whole point is, JT hit what? How many home runs last year? Uh, or not last year. I don't – the pandemic season is just such a Make, – I mean, Mickey Mouse. Would you say cancer? No Mickey interruptions. Mouse. You have 15 more seconds here. Mickey Mouse. I, I'll let my time – I'll let my time run out. Thank you, intern. Does anyone else have any further rebuttals before we move on from this topic? Aaron, if you want to go first, I do want to respond to what was just said. No. All right. So Ray is going to go here. Okay. One more minute. Go ahead. Yeah. Just, just to the point of it's not two. it's the two rights or two wrongs. Don't make a right is what I was saying with that. And what I mean by that is an ACE is way more valuable than a catcher and that that's just the the point of it now if Sixto ends up being a flash in the pan this year then hey you get bailed out and, and it's okay that you traded made that trade doesn't look that way and I don't think it looked that way when the trade was made it seemed like them pushing a window that they didn't have to do 
in order to get someone and in order to satisfy a need of competing before they're ready. Sixto could be an ace for the next 10 years. JT is going to be an elite catcher for maybe the next three. Maybe. Thank you, Ray. Uh, Aaron, hand up. You have one minute. Um, I'm also want to suggest that Phillies fans think they're going to get this same 28, 29 year old JT Romuto for the next five seasons. And I just think the best case scenario is he can do that for another two years. Um, catchers, as we've seen, Canner mentioned, there's a steep decline with the production of elite catchers, such as Buster Posey, Joe Maurer. I just think that paying $20 million to an aging catcher or even more money to an aging catcher is just going to bring you more heartache and just a terrible, like with the budget, it's just not going to be worth it. That'll do it for part one of the Phillies town hall event. Please stay tuned for part two, where we get into everything about JT real Muto, about Dave Dombrowski, about this team going into 2021 and a whole lot more yet again. So again, stay tuned for part two. I hope you enjoy part one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.